The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board of the Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who wants you to know there will be episodes in October, Josh Porvoni, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> I'm good. Was there a rumor that there weren't wouldn't be episodes in October? So... This will relate to our story, one of our topics later. (laughs) Um, But did you watch the, we'll talk about it later too, but just briefly, did you watch the Nintendo Direct that happened? I did, yes. Yeah, well, because they talked about how like, oh, there's going to be an Asphalt Crossing Direct in October. Oh, right. We'll talk about Smash Brothers in October. Yeah. So I'm just wanting you to know that, listener, we will have episodes in October as well. Okay. Okay. That's all. Okay. I get it. (laughs) The, the, The jokes are always better when they're explained. Always. (laughs) Always. <laughs> so how's Always. it going, man? Uh, it's going good. It's going good. Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, uh, been working a lot. So it was nice to have a weekend. They tried to get me to work this weekend too, but uh, I said no. Uh, so you didn't have to meet the football team and let them into the locker room and stuff this weekend? No, that was only an hour to open, an hour to close. This was like they wanted me to work eight hour shifts this weekend. What was going on in the that you need to work eight hour shifts on the weekend? Mold removal. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, I wouldn't have to do it. I would just have to be there um, so that the crews would have access to the building. But you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is if it changes at a certain age. But man, some people have a hard time understanding that. I only see my wife on Saturdays, and they don't understand why I wouldn't want to work on a Saturday and right. I'm by myself with my son all day Sunday. So they think like that. I don't. I mean, I just worked two fourteen-hour days in, in a row, back to back, Thursday and Friday, and then they want me to work eight-hour shifts on Saturday and Sunday. But it's you know overtime, Josh. Those time and a half, right? Yeah, those people will kill for that stuff, huh? <laughs> Apparently not you, though. Apparently not you. No, I'd rather spend time with my family and then die and working. <laughs> that's completely reasonable. That's completely reasonable. Yeah. It did seem like you had some fun this weekend, though. A lot of fun-looking posts on the social medias. <sighs> yeah, we went apple picking and spent some time with friends. and uh, You know, it was just nice. It was nice. We, took, we made the most of it. It was really nice weather. We're almost at 80 again. Clear skies. Both days. It was really nice. How about you? How was your weekend? Uh <laughs> It was good. Sorry. That totally just that comment, the clear skies thing uh, brought oh, me you're to... thinking of the thing I'm going to talk about later. What's that? Oh, never mind. You go ahead. <laughs> oh, maybe. I don't know. Because that brought me to clear skies, clear heart, can't mm-hmm. lose, which is a take on clear eyes, clear heart. Which is a comment from Friday Night Lights, which right, is an right. actor in it that is on a show that we were just talking about. Oh, you're right. I didn't even put that all together, Josh. <laughs> But now that you said that, that completely makes sense. Yeah. 
That didn't make sense to you? <laughs> no, it did not. Like, I, for whatever re- I didn't put two and two together until you just said that. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. You're also farther in the show than I am, so that's why I, I feel like it's okay. No, I mean, first episode pretty much establishes Well, I it. recognize, but I'm just saying, like, I was still just getting into Oh, I get you. You just didn't the... put it together. I get you. Yeah, I had just, yeah, I hadn't thought about it yet. So I was trying to, you know, learn this this show's stories and rules and, and world and not connect it to other show's stories and, and rules and sure, things. Sure, sure. So it is really hard, though, when you know someone from something and then they do something drastically different. Yeah. And you're like, uh, that just doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, Josh, speaking of apple picking, so segue from like two minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're officially into fall, Josh. So for our pregame uh, this week, uh, you know, not gaming related, not in any way related to, you know, what we typically do here at Board of Video Games. Uh, officially fall. So, uh, Josh, pumpkin spice. Yeah. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? Overrated? A good thing? Kind of where do you draw the line on the, the whole pumpkin spice craze that, you know, I feel like has obviously been going on for a while now, but at this point, I think you could get pumpkin spice basically anything you wanted to. Sure. I don't know that I could say it's overrated. I can certainly say, and I think most people would agree that it's oversaturated. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But I don't, I don't like it. So I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, I mean... In my mind, it's overrated, but I just, it's just not for me. I, I like, it's just too much. Some, a little okay. bit goes a long way and, and I don't not like it, but I don't like it the way it is delivered currently. <laughs> okay. So do you like pumpkin on its own? Like, do you like pumpkin pie? Well, I'm not a pie guy. I'm like, like I'm not a dessert person. Um, so I never had a pumpkin pie, but I have just have no texture texturally. I have no want Desire. to even try it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's similar to you know the whole yogurt pudding situation. Yeah. Uh, what about then? You know, Josh is a, a connoisseur of fine adult beverages. What about yeah. you know a pumpkin beer this time of year? Pumpkin beers are hit and miss because they tend to overdo it a lot on mm-hmm. pumpkin. So you the flavor of pumpkin you're not a fan of then. No, I do like the flavor. I think it's when they start um, overloading it with nutmeg. Gotcha. Um, and other um, ingredients, or really like there's some there's some pumpkin beers out there that I really really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're the ones that are they're just subtly like the, the pumpkin flavor I like. It's gotcha. The everything else they put into it that I don't. I have uh, there's a local brewery. Uh, I mean, local to Iowa brewery, who does uh, this uh, cherry beer, uh, and it literally tastes like eating a piece of cherry pie. Yeah, it is like so, and it like so it has it's a really nice like tart sour beer that really gets like, you know, you you start drinking, you're like, oh, but it's so good. Yeah, but because it, it just uh, it tastes just like eating cherry pie. Uh anyway, pumpkin pie, cherry pie, we got their beer, it's fine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pumpkin spice is interesting. Um, I don't know that I would have picked, you know, 20 years ago to pick like the fall flavor that like everyone is going to really go to. I don't know that I would have picked pumpkin spice. Yeah, I mean, cranberry for us here in Massachusetts. So that's an easy uh, fall flavor. Pumpkin Mm. is definitely odd. Yeah. I mean, I am right next to Illinois, which is the number one pumpkin exporting state. So I guess that makes sense for my area, I suppose. But. Uh, I I don't mind pumpkin spice, you know the, 
pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks, I'm not a fan of. I think that is way too sweet and spicy, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not a huge fan of that combo in the way it's done there. But their pumpkin cream cold brew, I think, is good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, pumpkin. As for, I like pumpkin a lot. I'm not a huge fan of pumpkin spice, per se. It's not bad. Uh, I just, I kind of think I fall off pretty similar line with you that too often there's too much warming spices used and it kind of overshadows uh, the pumpkin. So it really isn't even very pumpkin-y flavored anymore. It's just like, hey, you know, here's some nutmeg and cardamom and other warm yeah. <laughs> fall flavors, you know, cinnamon, all that good stuff. And just, yeah, it's not bad. Again, not bad, just not my preference. Pumpkin Agreed. Is so tough. I really do like pumpkin, I think. I think I like pumpkin more than I think I do. Yeah, I don't think people try it too often in its like natural uh, state as far as flavor mm. goes. So I, I, I don't know. From my experience, I like it as it is. What about pumpkin seeds? Uh, you know, there was a time that I would um, chew on pumpkin seeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I kind of got ruined with baseball and sunflower seeds and just kind of cracking them in your mouth. And it, I just don't like, like, I, it just started to like work its way against in me. Like you suck on it long enough to get the salt off. But then like, once I start biting into it, I'm just not a fan of getting things stuck in my teeth anymore. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, I'm a big fan of, I mean, I know they're kind of technically the same thing, but a big fan of pepitas. And okay. especially like adding them to like soups and things because it has a nice little crunchy element to add to the soup season. Uh, have you, my my partner loves soups. She adores them. Like she would mm. eat soup year round, uh, like totally all about the soups. And I like soup, but I, I don't like soup as much as she does. Have you seen that meme though about like this is the Seinfeld meme with, there's a leaf falling, and George's like, I saw a leaf falling. I'm preparing myself for soup season. Have you seen this? <laughs> no. <laughs> this like that is like her spirit animal meme. Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like she we had soup tonight and it just she loves it. She absolutely <laughs> loves it. But I liked the grilled cheese we made that went with the pump with the homemade nice. tomato soup we made tonight, but she was all about the soup. So that sounds really good. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Can't complain. Can't complain. So all right, Josh. Well, with that, hey, let's get on to the show. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter, or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of playing some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us at patreon.com slash PSVG. Just like Edwin Kahlo, AJ Pentecost, Chris M. Devin Tyus, Joe Wilson, Josh Borboni, Nick Creature, Nick Fallhopper, Paul Calico, RJ Kern, Stephen Keller, Zach Adams, and of course, who could forget, Horse Girl 69. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, Josh, what have you been playing this week? Well, what have I been playing? Well, I'm still playing XCOM Chimera Squad uh, on the PC, on ye old PC. Uh, I'm still really digging it a lot. I really like uh, the more you play, the more it really steps up your responsibilities to complete missions. And now I'm trying to like 
keep a lockdown on crime in the city by putting certain uh, stations in place and and uh, hire like working with undercover cops and things like that. Recruiting new people. I have like robots now that step in if I get downed. Um, just been a lot of fun. Really like digging into the mechanics of this game. So I've been really enjoying that. Uh, I stuck away a little bit during the day on Saturday to play it uh, while my kid was playing in the other room because I knew <laughs> I wasn't going to have time. I usually don't ever play video games during the day mm-hmm. uh, unless it's something he's watching. Uh, and, but in this case, I was like, well, the TV's off. I can sneak into the office while he's playing his uh, Paw Patrol toys. Um, so I was able to do that. That was fun. Uh, I got into... Well, I didn't get into. I downloaded the Halo uh, Infinite Beta Alpha, whatever you want to call it, uh, whatever it is. I think it's a beta at this point. The Insiders Beta, and I played a little bit with um, Jason and Lucas from Flux Deposed and uh, Discord uh, uh, subscriber Takeda. We played some four-player. Well, not four-player. It was more than that, but we all played together in just i think it was just regular old deathmatch um of course it has a different name slayer i keep forgetting halo terms <laughs> Slayer. Um, played slayer we didn't get mixed into any other game modes so it was just slayer um i only had about an hour hour and a half to play but um what we played was fun um I'm still trying to figure out... I mean, it's Halo, right? Like, it's not groundbreaking as far as multiplayer goes. If It's more similar to Halo 4. Or, sorry, Halo 5 uh, multiplayer. It does add um, a grappler, which is like Pathfinder's grapple from Apex. But it's also, like, it's consumable. It's not something you always have. So you only get, I think, like three grapples. But you can also grapple yourself onto... Um, enemies, but it doesn't do damage. It just brings you closer to your ultimate untimely death, probably, uh, depending on if they have a shotgun or not. So, okay. This is the first I've heard of this because I haven't been following too much about the beta. So the grapple is not like on a cooldown where it's like, oh, you used it. You can't use it for like 20 seconds and then you can use it again. Like you get X number of uses and then it's just done. Yeah, it's like three uses. You can pick it up. They like they pop up like grenades do on the map. Oh, um, okay. But you, you know, at least from the um, beta, you get you either get the grapple, the shield, the drop down shield, mm-hmm. or or power armor. Um, I think there might be one more. Oh, camo, active camo. So those are your options. Uh, pretty much in Slayer, everyone is uh, essentially racing to get the brute hammer that spawns every once in a while. Um. But there's a, there's at least two or three new weapons I found, which I really enjoyed. Uh, you know, small maps, so I didn't get to experience. I think this upcoming weekend is the big maps, which could and should be fun to play, like 12, 12v12. But I like what I played. I mean, it's it's a bonus that it's going free to play. So you'll know that there's going to be a lot to do. They did say there's like... I think I read something somewhere where they like it would take an uh, active player twelve to eighteen hours to complete every daily challenge. Yeah, which is good. That means there's a lot of goals to to aim towards if that's what you want to do. Uh, when you do that beta, they give you enough credit 
to spend on you can get like the their season zero pass and buy some guns and armor skins and stuff like that so that was fun i enjoyed playing it um i played i decided to uh jump in uh because i watched one of my favorite streamers start playing diablo 2 resurrected and i was like okay this is the push i needed um to get back into this game I also I changed one of my news stories, but there was an article about should we buy Diablo 2? And then they had an interview with one of the developers who was like, hey, this is Vicarious Visions. This isn't necessarily Blizzard. But yeah, like we would hate for you to not buy this game. We know that it does still support Blizzard, but a lot of people worked on this game that weren't Blizzard. And I was like, okay, all right, I think I'm in. So that sounded uh, good. I watched some gameplay to make sure. It's what I wanted. It's it's still it's forty dollars, and I had twenty dollars in, in store credit, so it wasn't like a big push. I wasn't spending sixty bucks on it. Um, and what I'll say is, it's a pretty Diablo two, and that's what it is. If you have other thoughts, uh, it's not that they did change the loot system a little bit, um, but all the menus are pretty much the same. Uh, it's a little. Uh, odd playing it on Xbox as opposed to PC, which is where I spent. Uh, well, I played PlayStation Two in PC when I had Diablo Two, but uh, it looks great. You can choose between performance and quality mode. Uh, clearly, I'm running it in performance mode. I want the frames uh, for all the bad guys on the screen. No hiccups um, in combat. There are some like hiccups on the maps. Um, sometimes it will like hop skip you back a second. If you're trying to go somewhere you should enter or something like that. But uh looks great. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It is Diablo. And I think, and I'll answer, we have a question about it later, so I'll talk more about it when we answer the question. But yeah, uh so far so good is what I'll say. Uh, and lastly, I think, I don't know if I've been playing um, more. Oh, yeah, go Before ahead. you go on to lastly, because yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer, uh, ask this question mm. after this is too. So between the three games you've talked about so far, yes, what of those have been your? Which of the three would you say has been your favorite experience so far? So far, I really, really am enjoying XCOM right now. Okay, um, I, I think the the voice acting, the animation style, the the graphics style, um, I'm just really enjoying it. Plus, okay. it's it's new. That's the newest to me out of yeah. the three games I've talked about. And it's not even arguably a new game. I know, but Halo Infinite's not even out yet. So sure, but it's new. Halo. <laughs> but isn't that a good thing that it feels familiar? Yes, yes. It's not. I'm not trying to slam it. It's Halo. Okay. In a good way. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's interesting. I just that's not what I thought you were going to say. So that's very interesting in a good okay. way. Yes. Yeah. I I really am enjoying it. Um, you should definitely check it out. Uh, yeah, so the last game that I've been playing and you have been playing um, is Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Uh, I will say this. Uh, you probably have, I'm going to guess you have way more time in it than I do, or, or or at least some more time in it than I do. I played it for a good chunk the first time I sat down, but I, I was playing it uh, at night by myself or in the morning before work. I don't remember now. Um, and I got to the first I wouldn't even say that no I didn't get to the first boss I got through the fox mask gate to get to I won't say anything else more 
to a, okay. another person to talk okay. to. And then yep. I stopped because I just had no time at that point. Um, but what I played, I, I liked so much that I, I thought, um, I think I did this on Saturday morning. My wife and my son were in the living room and I started again on a new save, but I put it on story mode so my son could watch um, me play the story parts and my wife gotcha. too. But because I thought it would be kind of right up his alley. Uh, you know, with the cute characters and yeah. how how there's a lot of um, like seamless transitions to animated story. Even sometimes like just little quick little like animations in between like walking through a world and you hit like a button and then it cuts to an animation instead of just. And when I say animation, I mean like a cutscene animation, not just like the animation of the character doing something. Right. It'll like it, it change seem, to an interaction with her. Yeah, it does seem like they're, you know, different than and I'm not a tactical wizard, so this might not be true, but it does seem like they aren't in engine cutscenes. Like it mm-hmm. you get to a certain point, it triggers a cutscene, and then after that cutscene it puts you back into the game. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So I thought there was enough like content in there for my son to be interested, and he was. Um I didn't play too long either because like we had stuff to do, but um it was fun to do that. So I'm I'm really enjoying my time with it. I think it's um fun. It's it's unique to me. I know some people are being a little harsh on the uniqueness of it, at least on some of the reviews I saw. I don't agree with those reviews, but uh I haven't played a game like this before, so I'm really enjoying the time I spent with it. And those are all the uh, games I've been playing. Is it uh put it above or below? Now if we look at all four oh. of your games, like is it do you are you enjoying XCOM Chimera Squad more? Yeah, but only because I put more time into it. Okay. I think if I put more time into Ken, I probably enjoy it equally. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as far as my playlist goes, I am also playing uh, Kena, Kenna. I know. I had to whatever. change it because she calls herself Kenna, and I've always been yeah. calling it Kena, Bridge yeah. of Spirits, but so she calls Kenna. herself Kenna. Yeah. So, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, uh, you know, currently PC, uh, PlayStation. Uh, from Ember Lab, their first game. They're actually an animation studio, so this is their first Makes sense. <laughs> game that they've made. Uh, yeah, and it, it very much is that Pixar, um, DreamWorks movie come to life. That's really what this game feels like, and it is very pretty. Um, the animation is is nice. The rot, the cute little characters that you collect are adorable. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of really good things going with this game. Uh, it does feel like a studio's first game, if that makes sense. There just yeah. are some things that, kind of like I talked about, like the in, not having any engine cutscenes. Um, there's been I've had a couple glitches. Just there are some things that it's a little rough around the edges, but overall the wholesomeness and the cuteness and really the beauty of the world is enough to make me want to keep playing this game. Um, the combat is surprisingly challenging at some parts. Like I, I think that's kind of been a, a pretty uh, normal thing that people have heard at this point, but it is still really surprising for when you're in the game and you're, you're feeling the sense of atmosphere and the sense of place that the game creates. And then you get to some, I, I wasn't having any problems, but I just got to a boss that I was like, Oh gosh, <laughs> like it was way harder than I thought it was going to be. And you know, it was one of those that it took me like three tries and I got there, but it just was not, it seemed like a very big spike in difficulty compared to um, what else I have been playing. So I just wasn't 
as you know on my game or prepared and when i died literally in like two hits i was like oh goodness gracious uh, let's try this again so uh overall i'm really enjoying it i i do think it's a cool world and it's just a place i want to spend time in uh, i do actually appreciate that the game is pretty uh straightforward as far as like you go to this place and do this thing and then you go to this place and do this thing there is some looking around to do uh there are some secrets to find there are additional rot you can collect so there's some additional little things that you can do there uh but as someone who has played a, a lot of open world games lately having kind of a path corridored game I, i'm kind of okay with right now uh i don't necessarily want all my games to be that way but I do think that in and of itself is not a detriment to me when it comes to this game. So uh, I plan to keep playing it. One of my favorite things is the fact that you can choose different hats for all of your rot. Yeah. For some reason, I just find that adorable of <laughs> uh, putting little hats on them. And then they all have little different hats as they're running around you. Uh, and you can sit down with them and cuddle them. And sometimes they sneeze and you can kiss them and they dance. It's great. Uh, I really enjoy all that <laughs> stuff. So it is just a bright a bright light in what can be otherwise sometimes a, a dingy place of things and in some ways that's what the game's about too is being a bright light in a dark place so overall really enjoying it if you have a playstation 4 or a playstation 5 or are cool with the epic game store uh i think i, I can recommend checking it out um i th it seems to be getting a lot of like eights and that seems like a really appropriate score for it because it is has a lot of heart and a lot of warmth to it. Uh, but like I said, you know, it's not perfect. There are, there are some uh, bits and bops here on the edges that would be nice if they were a little more sanded and rounded. But hey, you know what? We'll get there. At, I'm sure they'll get there at some point. So right now, really enjoying it. Uh, after that, I actually had been spending some time on my Switch. And I was like, you know, I, I don't play this all that often. I've been, I'm still playing... Um, mario rabbit's kingdom battle but i was just like you know what else is on here that i have that i haven't really played all that much like what else can i kind of just check out because i really just do i neglect my switch compared to my other systems so i was like well, let's, let's see what's going on here so i booted up yield um the a super nintendo like store that they basically have um if you're a nintendo online customer uh and i played a couple games on there a couple of them, I was like, goodness gracious, it's really good that we've come as far as we have in video games because <laughs> uh, they were a little hard to go back to. But then I also sat down and played some Super Punch-Out. Josh, did you play Super Punch-Out back in the day? Of course I did, definitely. I still love this game, Josh. It is yeah. so good. Like I sat down to play it and like suddenly three hours had passed Whoa. and I was just playing Super <laughs> Punch-Out because it's so good. And as soon as I started playing it, like all the characters I kind of like got back into like figuring out you know like oh yeah i remember this character does this and this character does that and you have to do this to get around. and i mean I, I played this game when it first came out in the mid 90s right like and i'm still remembering these things now granted my timing was not as good like i knew generally what i had to do but it took me a bit of practice again to get the yeah. timing down but gosh that game is so good and i think it might be one of my favorite games on the super nintendo uh which i think is probably a little higher praise than most people would give it but i love that game so dang much yeah um I just, uh, if you ha if you haven't ever played Super Punch Out and had the opportunity to, it's great. I really do recommend it. You know, there are some archaic systems in it as far as things go, and that if you lose to a fighter, you know, especially if it's like the champion of like that circuit, you gotta go all the way back to the beginning and fight yeah. through everyone else to get back. You know, and that's fine. It's not a huge deal, but um, overall, really, really like Super Punch Out. And if you haven't ever played it, uh, I think it still holds up. I, I don't think that one was my nostalgia talking because I played some other games that I had played previously. And I was like, oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so for that one, I don't think it's my nostalgia. Uh, it's also a pretty straightforward game. So I think that helps as far as that goes. 
Um, and then the other thing that I did is that I often talk about how Assassin's Creed Black Flag is my favorite Assassin's Creed game. And Josh, <laughs> the Assassin's Creed little, I don't remember what they call it, but the the bundle of AC Black Flag and Assassin's Creed Rogue yeah. uh, is on sale on Switch for like 20 bucks. You so got like, you Assassin's Creed Black Flag on the Switch? Yes. <laughs> because, Josh, because we'll talk about this a little bit later more but i always (laughs) in my mind think that the switch doesn't seem like a great place to play these style of games right like why would i want to play it seems like a rational thought (laughs) why would i want to say play ac black flag on my switch when i could play it on my much larger much more powerful other systems right like why would i do this well the switch sells gangbusters and everyone's putting these games on there so i was like you know what it's twenty dollars I haven't actually ever played Rogue, even though I own it on like three systems, like three systems now. Um, but I play Black Flag, and I always say Black Flag is my favorite, but I haven't really played it since it came out. So I was like, well, this will be a nice little experiment. Let's play what is supposed to be my favorite Assassin's Creed yeah. on a Nintendo Switch. And let's see if I am enjoying this or not. Right now, to be clear, I have Black Flag, I think, on Xbox and on PlayStation. Like, I have access to this elsewhere. I. I can, I can tell you I how much I loved Assassin's Creed 3. Mm-hmm. I and I can also guarantee you that if I went back to visit, revisit it right now, I would hate it. Yeah. I I can see that. <laughs> and that's just that was just a state of and this is the same. Yeah. I'm not saying that you I'm not I don't want to jump the gun on if you liked it or not, but Assassin's Creed 3 changed the formula a little bit of Assassin's Creed and then so did Black Flag two mm-hmm. three, so I'm I'm interested to hear. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So here's what I'll say: is that I'm not super far into it. I've only put a little bit of time into it so far, but the game looks and runs slightly better than I anticipated. Wow. Okay. okay. So I'm like I'm like okay okay this is reasonable. Now I've only played in handheld, um, but so far looks runs slightly better than i had anticipated now i'm not saying it looks stellar but it looks better than i thought it would sure now controlling this game on the handheld with those joy cons is not necessarily all it's cracked up to be because you start the game immediately uh on a ship and you have like ship combat immediately so you're trying to you're on a boat and you're trying to like maneuver your boat and swing around and like maneuver the camera so you can see other boats and then also be able to like hold down different like oh hold down the lz's and then hold hit rz to fire and like and then you're aiming with the one and it just it's not it's better than if it were like trying to use like the back touch on a vita for like your triggers like it's better than that (laughs) but it's not amazing um do motion controls I should try. I haven't. I, I didn't try. I don't know. Um, oh, being sarcastic. <laughs> you honestly, you might. Who knows? Ubisoft tends to like go into all of those things. So who knows? Mm-hmm. It might work. But yeah, so I'm going to keep playing it uh, and see. You're, it is hard going back to this one after, you know, because I, you know, was playing Valhalla like just until a couple weeks ago. So it is a little hard going back to combat on the face buttons and like all that good stuff. But honestly, on Switch especially, this is kind of the reason I thought I would do it, is that I thought that on Switch, if there was going to be a place where I wouldn't mind the combat on the face buttons, this is where I thought it might be. Yeah. Uh, so I, I figured this might be a good fit for that. And, you know, like I said, so far, 
not too bad. It definitely, I don't think, holds up to the experience of playing it, you know, on PlayStation or Xbox. But I also cannot carry my PlayStation or Xbox easily, you know, in my backpack and take it with me somewhere like I could this. Now, granted, my Switch battery life is to the point where poof, I can play for like an hour and a half handheld and then it's just dead. But it's still an hour and a half more than I could do like with just about anything else. So... Yeah, I like I said, was just ch- wanted to check a couple things out on on Switch, and apparently I decided I want to try out Black Flag. And so nice. far, yeah, it's it's okay. It's not too bad. Uh, the final game then that I've been playing is a game that I was assigned for homework, and we'll talk about homework here at the end of the episode. But uh, Josh assigned me to play Dodgeball Academia after I had assigned him to play Dodgeball <laughs> Academia. Uh, and let me just say, Josh, this game is better than it has any right to be. It is Agreed. so dang fun. It is so. <laughs> dang fun and immediately when it starts i i said to myself oh goodness just the tone of this is gonna get annoying but it doesn't (laughs) it just for some reason doesn't (laughs) because it's very just in your face and like wow like it just it it just the characters are everyone's yelling everyone's yelling (laughs) all the time like the dialogue comes up on the screen and like it shakes to show that they're like angry or excited while they're saying it like everyone just goes for the most part at like 110% for everything. Like all emotions are amped up. There's nothing, there's no subtlety in anything. Yep. Everything is just in <laughs> your face. Uh, but so far it's totally working for me and I'm having a great time playing it and I plan to continue to play it. And honestly, Josh, if this keeps up, like I don't know this would be a top five game of the year, but it could easily be on my top 10 <laughs> game of the year list because I'm having so much fun with it. It's really, really great. Uh, if you have Game Pass, I think it's a no-brainer to check out. Even if you hear Dodgeball Academia and are like, I don't think I'm going to be into that, uh, it's pretty great. And honestly, the dodgeball is really fun. Yeah, yeah, and it gets even better. Yeah, it's really, really – and yeah, I'm not super, super early in. I'm probably only about 90 minutes to two hours in. Yeah. Um, But I'm having a great time. I'm really enjoying my time awesome. with it. So, listener, if you haven't played it, check out Dodgeball Academia. So with that, Josh, on to our topics of the show. What's your first topic this week? Well, this is, I mean, this is, I think I have two quick topics this week, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, um, but I thought it was important to note that Gloomhaven on Steam, after two years of being in early access, is now getting a full release on October 20th, uh, which is bringing it to 1.0 release. So... Um, that being said, I've definitely talked about this game enough, both physical and digital versions. But what I do, what I'm excited about is that the um, campaign is being unlocked, which was always locked um, in the early access, which is going to give you what they say is as close as possible to what the campaign in the board game is. Uh, which is, according to them, around 250-plus missions with an estimated playtime of between 150 and 200 hours. That being said, that's not including failures, so you can probably double that that amount of hours. Um, it is, as uh, I'm, gonna, I'm quoting Eurogamer on this one, they're saying that uh, Gloomhaven will be getting a price bump when it's fully released on Steam and... Uh, Galaxy of Games on October 20th. Currently, it costs $24.99 US dollars. It will be going up to $34.99. So if you're interested in getting this game, now is the time to jump on it. 
so you get that ten dollar discount. Um, yeah, they're saying that they're they're not ruling out DLC in the future, but really, um, the thing that I'm most excited about is, uh, and you can watch the uh, Asmodee released a gameplay overview trailer for their final release, and it shows like they're they're adding every unlockable character. Uh, you do have to unlock them, but in the in early access, they were just like slowly trickling characters. So now there's going to be, I think, 17 uh, playable characters at some point. Uh, but really, you start with four to six, I believe, to choose from. Uh, so, yes, uh, I'm very excited to to play this more. Uh, I know we have some listeners in our uh, Discord that have this now, so um, I'm going to do my best to try and see if I can't schedule a one night, maybe uh, every other week, um, where I'll make myself available to play with people if they want to play, like Gloomhaven, like on a Wednesday night at nine p.m. or something like that, where we can try to just get something where we're not trying to get people every week, but you know, twice a month. I don't think is crazy. So keep your eye on the Discord, uh, or if you want, if you want to play Gloomhaven with me and or Kyle, because Kyle also owns it. Uh, if he's available, it's tough with work and stuff, but uh, you could tweet at us or even email us if you're interested, and then I'll just make sure we're Steam friends uh, or GOG friends so we can set up invites. But yeah, I'm very right. excited for October 20th. All right, Josh, I hear my questions for you. Yeah. First question, how long do you think it'll take you to surpass... <laughs> where you are in the board game campaign in the digital version. Well, it's, I mean, in my solo game that I've been playing in Gloomhaven on the PC, I got pretty far, um, but it has proven too difficult for me to progress solo. Um, So that definitely is a factor. But with how how infrequently we're able to play Gloomhaven physically, it wouldn't take too long. Maybe 15 play sessions. Okay, okay, okay. Potentially more. Next question. Next question then, Josh. On a percent chance from 1% to 100%, Yeah. what percent chance is it that you are going to finish the digital version of Loom Game in? 150 to 200 hours, Ooh. 250 plus missions. Yeah. What percent chance for you to finish this game? In any time period at all? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 70%. Dang, that's pretty confident. I still want to play through it, and and it's not something that loses its appeal because I'm playing it physically. Because I'm gonna play the digital version completely differently, mm-hmm. have different characters, make different decisions. Um, I like the game enough that if I if it was a sixty hour game on the PlayStation, I would play it multiple times. Like it's definitely in that realm of. Um, it it just comes down to time. Like I'm sitting here talking about games we're playing, mm-hmm. knowing I still have to go back to Lost and Random, and yeah. uh, all of these other games. Also, knowing that oh, Far we're like a, a week. week and a half away Two from weeks. Far Cry yeah. Six, so like I just it's just a matter of avail- like being able to play it. In fact, yeah. I should probably just bring my PC to Extra Life and play Gloomhaven for 24 hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. Instead of bringing my Xbox. <laughs> okay. 
uh, almost final question. Maybe final. We'll see how it goes. Uh, if your Gloomhaven group said, hey, Josh, you know, we think we just want to switch and play it in the, the digital version. Yeah. Would you be disappointed? Not at this point. I've definitely got my money's worth out of the board game. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be disappointed. Uh, luckily, I know that one of our guys in the group would, ne- well, never, would never play it digitally, so I don't have to worry about that. Okay. Okay. Uh, and and the other one doesn't have a computer that can run it because we already tried to play it digitally together. So, so I know that, that isn't. Question. I know that isn't going to happen. But I wouldn't be disappointed. We've had we've spent so much time playing it. Um, of course, I would like to finish our campaign uh, mm-hmm. before Frosthaven comes out, and that's still a very real possibility. It's just life keeps getting in the way. Um, so we can't always get the, the game to the table. That then is my perfect segue to my final question. What are you going to do when Frosthaven comes out? Are you just going to continue your Gloomhaven campaign? Because you're probably not going to be done. Are you going to have the digital campaign complete by the time Frosthaven comes out? What do you anticipate will happen? Ideally, are you going to get one of the new organizers that they now sent us in the backer update on Friday? Yes. I did choose... Um, the other wooden design. Oh, you went with wood over foam, eh? I yeah. I mean, I appreciate the light or weight, but I do really like the look of the wooden design. Uh, so I'm gonna take a gamble on that one. Uh, I would like to complete the game before Frost Saving comes out. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, I feel like with our group, I don't know that anyone's rushing to get to Frost Haven. While I'm excited to try out all the things that it changes and improves upon from Gloomhaven, uh, I think the three of us all agree we would like to to come to a conclusion on on our game. And even if that means like trying to mainline story quests instead of keep on doing side quests, maybe that's something we'll do because we definitely love our our side quests. Um, and I don't I don't know about the digital yet. I really think it's going to depend on people wanting and being able to play more than anything else. All right. All right. Yeah. I, I'm actually looking for, really looking forward to this. Uh, I, I want to play Gloomhaven, but I, I don't know um, what it's going to take to get to that to the table. I, I genuinely feel like I'd have to find a, like once a month Gloomhaven group that we all got together and played Gloomhaven like all day on a Saturday. Yeah. But then, you know, so I, I think I'd have to find that group to make that happen. So the PC seems like a good option. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'll, I'll talk to the partner and see if there's a way that we could uh, set up a semi-regular Gloomhaven PC evening and, and get that rolling. Because that would be fun. That'd be really fun. Mm-hmm. We could even potentially stream it on Twitch, Josh. That would be great. I would love to do that. Whoa. Crazy. Okay. Anything else about Gloomhaven coming to PC, Josh? Uh, it's been a long two years waiting for it to come. But, I mean, uh, I think Gloomhaven has proven um, that it's worth the wait. So I'm excited. Just one more game coming out this fall that we don't have enough time for. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, it's okay. It's still a good chances that other things will be delayed. So we'll have to wait and see. So. Yep. All right, Josh. So my first topic this week, and this is something we've touched on briefly. Um, we've talked about this, but I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole um, last week uh, at my during one of my lunch breaks. And I kind of went down this <laughs> YouTube rabbit hole about cheating uh, in board games. Specifically, this was um, reviewing people cheating on camera in magic the gathering tournaments so like knowing they're being filmed like knowing it's being broadcast and still cheating right very clearly cheating 
so here's my question for you, Josh. And we've talked before about like inadvertent cheating or breaking the rules that like you didn't necessarily know was a rule. Like there's, that's a little different than purposely trying to do something to disadvantage the other player or advantage yourself, right? Yeah. Purposely doing something is different. Like you're breaking the rules if you didn't know, but like I don't necessarily know if that's quote unquote cheating if you didn't do it on purpose. Doesn't mean it's not against the rules still and that you can suddenly do it, but I, I think it feels different. So Josh, if someone cheats and you, and you know they cheated, you know they did it on purpose. Yeah. How long until they should be invited back to the table, especially is or and is it different if it is in a competitive environment where like money's on the line? Yeah, it's it's different if it's a competitive environment, period, whether there's money or not. It's also different depending on their age. I think if you're 18 or older and you're cheating, mm-hmm. you're never coming back to my table. Ever. Period. Uh, we've talked about this in video games like Fall Guys. What is yeah. the point of cheating? What do you gain? Uh, and if if you feel like you need to cheat to play games, then go play with other cheaters, which is something else we were happy <laughs> to see that some they people do, do. In video games. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I when I was a kid, we thought it was funny to like cheat in Monopoly and poker mm-hmm. because like it was like the am I going to get caught? Can I get away with it? Kind of thing. Uh, And that was because you were kids and you thought it was cute and you thought it was funny, but it was never involving money. It was never anything more than fun. Um, I had, this is probably telling of this. Oh no, I don't want to bring it up because that's really bringing someone up specifically and I shouldn't do that. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't have any tolerance for it. Um, In, Gaming or relationships. If you <laughs> cheat, I'm not interested in knowing you. Because w- why? There's just, and I can't, I can't understand it because I can't see. I'm pretty empathetic. I'm a pretty empathetic person. I typically always get crap for being playing devil's advocate, trying to see both sides. I cannot see that side. I can't see that side. I don't understand it. I don't understand why someone would want to do it, especially in non-competitive gaming. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess I have an idea like some people want to win money and they are happy, they're comfortable cheating in the competitive aspect. I guess like that's the only way I can see why someone would do it. Maybe this whole the thrill of getting caught or whatnot, but like go do something. I don't know. I just don't. I can't. No. <laughs> I get some, I okay, get really so, worked up about people cheating um, in games, and I don't know. Okay, I, so let, I don't know why. <laughs> let me ask you a question to see if this is a fair comparison, then, because I often wonder about where like the line of this is. Is there a difference between breaking a rule and cheating? Yeah. And, and let yes. me give you an example. Yes. Okay. If it is, oh, I would love to hear what your what your. If it's willful, like how do you differentiate those? If, if it's a willful, if it's a if it's a decision someone made, knowing that when they were doing it, it was wrong. Like you know, I told you, uh, don't specifically do this. Mm-hmm. Now you can forget, and that would be one thing, right? If someone calls right. you out on it, and you go, "Oh my god, I completely forgot." Let's go back and do that over. Or someone's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't answer that for the person doing it because you don't you don't necessarily always know. Like you maybe, but so maybe we get to a point where you say that like eight times in one game. Like, oops, I did it. You know, I'm sorry, I did it again. I I, I must be making a mistake. And then I'm like, okay. Maybe we don't play this game with Kyle because he can't, <laughs> he doesn't get this part. So let's try a different game. And then if it continues to be a trend where you're not grasping the rules, then mm-hmm. maybe it starts to become apparent that this person is using that to their advantage, playing okay. playing dumb. Okay. So let me, let me posit a scenario here and let's see what your thoughts are on it. Um, let's say in a game like Magic, because like again, these are the videos I watch, so I think it's an easy comparison. Let's say that yeah. when people shuffle their decks, um, you know, people are shuffling their decks, they're holding them in their hand. You know, you offer your cut to the other person. Let's just say when you pick back your deck up, it's against the rules to do this, but let's just say it's something that everyone does, right? Yeah. That you kind of take a quick peek at what the bottom card of your deck is, right? Yeah. You know how many cards you have in your deck, like you know what's going on, so you know what's on the bottom. So you are like, oh, if I only have two of that, that there's like a one in whatever chance, you know, that I'm going to get. It's against the rules. You're not supposed to do it. But if everyone does it, like, is that okay? Ugh. I mean, if everyone's doing it, then they need to address that. Okay. Not th- and whoever's... If this is something that is known, if I'm holding mm-hmm. a magic tournament, and I know that everyone is cheating because nobody is calling people out on it, yes, right. it's still cheating. Okay. And that needs to be... And that needs to be addressed on a different level. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, that's a hard thing to, to, I don't know. I think in that case, I think the cheating needs to be, uh, it's on the same playing field. Like in my mind, cheating implies you have an advantage of some sort that is unfair to the person or persons you're playing against. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, that just needs to be addressed differently. Yeah. But but if you have a problem with it and you're playing someone and you need to call them out, like that needs to be called out on, especially if you're not doing it, but they are just because everyone else is doing it. I mean, this is the whole mom and dad thing. Just because everyone else is jumping off the bridge, does that mean you're going to do it too? Like, yeah. you need to make that decision for yourself. And I, I just think, I think that's a gray area on that, mm-hmm. on the cheating, like definition. Yeah. And that's what I always go to. And, you know, I know this isn't I, I exactly identical, but I always go to like sports. Yeah. Like people get penalties called on them all the time. Yeah. Right. In football, in hockey, in basketball, like they're doing something that's against the rules. So they get penalized. Did they cheat or did they break the rules or is it the same thing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I agree. And I think that there definitely needs to be a clear line between cheating and rule breaking. Right. So, because that, because there yes. are times, there are times in some sports where it's actually advantageous to you to yeah, do that. You know, like how much I, I get, I, I would imagine there's probably some form of adrenaline and magic, but it's not the same. <laughs> where you should still be able to clearly think before you do something, and I think in sports, especially with more physical sports like hockey and football, it's harder to do that. And I bet if if you like census a bunch of players who uh hit someone they weren't supposed to or in the wrong right. way like would how many of them would say they did it on purpose or how many of them would say they didn't really know what they were doing at the time they were just completing the action or movement 
Yeah. I just think it's like in my mind, I just go to something like holding, right? Where they say there's holding on every play. Yeah. And it's like, well, did you hold them? Like, it's like, well, yeah, because otherwise we're going to get to the quarterback. Like, so yes, I did hold them. And I just think of myself being like, oh, like, well, this card says draw two cards. But man, I really need this. So I'm just going to draw three and see if anyone, right? Like, yeah. you're in that like last ditch effort to like get yeah, out like, of the situation because you know, it's, you know, like, I'm not I thought saying I was okay. going to lose if I didn't draw that extra card. <laughs> right. Let me be clear. I'm not saying that's okay. I just have tried to like draw other parallels because yes. in especially something like magic where it's like the the rules are very, very clear. It's like, here's what you can do and here's what you can't do. They have judges everywhere who come over. And granted, you know, there's different levels of enforcement from like Friday Night Magic is pretty casual to where you're in a tournament. It's very, you know, um, strict as far as the rules go. Like how much like grace is there given for like, well, this is my only out, right? Like I just had to see what could happen, even though I knew I probably would break the rules. Like in in games, like in board games, like that's really frowned upon, right? Like you yeah. are purposely cheating to do it. But in sports, it's like, well, you know, you got to try, right? Like when they get yeah. the when they get the pass, like in co- in college, when you get the pass interference on purpose because it's only going to be fifteen yards, you know, like right. Well, if I let him catch this, it's forty, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take him out, and then it's a fifteen yard penalty. Yeah, there, I mean, there's definitely times in like hidden uh, um, hidden agenda games, hidden character games, where mm-hmm. people genuine just genuinely forget what their role was. Right. So, like, I wouldn't ever call them out for being a cheater because they said they were like. <laughs> They were whatever, like a resistance member, right. but they weren't. Like, like that's just, you know, sometimes actually, that stuff just happens. I actually did that one time in, in a game of resistance where I swore. I was like, no, yeah. I like, I know that I, did somebody change my card? Like, while I wasn't looking, like, I swear, like, I did. I told, like, yeah, I, like, it happens sometimes. Yeah. But, so, yeah. anyway. And, you know, the big reason there is one particular um, person in Magic who's very well known as, like, the biggest cheater ever in the history of the game. And I'm not going to say who they are, but if you're in the in the MTG community or ever play competitively, you, you likely know who they are. Um, and they got banned for life. Like, they just can never Good. play competitive. Like, because, <laughs> like, their, their stuff was so egregious on camera that they're just like, no, like, you're just done. Like, you yeah. clearly can't do this. I, I do believe, though, that I'm not saying it makes it okay but I can understand the mentality of especially if you are like the new hotness in the scene, like you played a couple tournaments and you played them quote unquote correctly and you did really well and everyone's like, oh, rising star up and coming. The pressure to constantly live up to that. Yeah, it's the Lance Armstrong know. thing. Exactly. Like I, I can understand that. Again, not saying it makes it okay, not saying that I agree or that you should do that, yeah. but I can understand where someone might feel or as you mentioned earlier, like where you don't really understand why someone would do I it. Don't. Like, I, I get what I you're saying. Yeah. Like I can understand why they would choose to do it. I'm not saying it makes it okay or that I condone it or that I myself would do it, but I can get where they'd be like, well, this was my only way out. Like this was the only way I, I, I felt I could continue to perform, you know, at the level I was, especially when you're playing something like magic, which there's, yeah, there's a lot of skill in it, but there's a lot of luck too. Like you got to get the cards and, some would argue that's just based off how you build your deck and construct your deck that you, you know, can take all those ratios into account and yada, yada, yada. Sometimes you just get flooded and it just happens. Like there, there's not always yeah. a lot you can do about that. So I can totally see um, where that might come from. But looks like you and I are on the same page about it a little bit. You a little more hardline than me, but <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm just... I, we both I agree cheating more... is bad. I think that's where we lie. <laughs> yeah, cheating is bad. Cheating is bad. I'm just a little maybe more compassionate to the cheater than Josh is. You shouldn't be compassionate. <laughs> so, 
anyway. Cool. Well, hey, thanks for entertaining that with me, Josh. I appreciate it. What is your second topic this week? Okay, so we know that there's a new Seven Wonders coming out. It's called Architects. Is this a family game? Well, uh, Dice Tower News seems to think maybe. Uh, they title their uh, news topic Seven Wonders for the Whole Family. And I thought uh, using the Dice Tower News article, uh, we could go over some of these features and think decide if we think this is a family game or not. Before I start, do you think Seven Wonders would be considered a family game? Ooh. Um it's a good question. I would not consider Seven Wonders a family game. Okay, me neither. Yeah. I don't think it's that far off of one genuinely, but I think there's enough complexity and variation in it that I do not think it is a good for the whole family style game overall sure and and for me like when i think family game i I think i probably just genuinely think generally think a younger audience right. uh so uh i i could definitely see older kids playing seven wonders and then maybe that like transforms into a family game but as like the what we know as family games i don't see it that way but <clears throat> once again like i said dice tower news um article uh, they talk about how Seven Wonders Architects is a new standalone streamlined re-implementation of Seven Wonders. Um, it's designed to be more family-friendly than its predecessor while scaling for two to seven players, which is just like the base regular Seven Wonders. So each player is given an unconstructed wonder with five stages, which is different. The original game had three stages. Uh, in a deck of cards, they place to their left which is also different. It doesn't sound like it has the, uh, what is the na- the term for that? Drafting? Drafting. Oof. Wow. I should have, that should have came right to my head. It doesn't sound like it has the drafting element that Seven Wonders did. Um, but you compete to see who has the most points at the end of the game and who comp- and uh, completing your wonder. Uh, but in addition to your face-up decks between each player, there's also a face-down deck in the middle of the table. And on your turn, you take one card and resolve it. You can take the top card from the face-up deck on your left or the face-up deck on your right or the face-down deck in the center, which I think is interesting. A little turn here. Uh, the card types are similar to the other Seven Wonders games uh, where your gray cards uh, are resources. Your yellow cards are like their market cards, which provide you coins. The blue cards provide you victory points. The green cards are the science cards. And red cards are your military strength. Now, um, some of the new things in Seven Wonders Architects. uh, So, when a player claims a blue card with the cat icon, they take the cat pawn. And the player who holds the cat pawn may secretly peek at the top card of the face-down central deck before choosing which card they take on their turn. It's like some red cards have a. Oh God. I say it's like a loud cheating. <laughs> it's a loud cheating, <laughs> I guess, it, or it's an ability that you can use that is in the rules. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, some red cards have a hom icon. Um, battles will trigger when a specific number of hom icons have been uh, on claimed red cards. Um, scaled for the number of players, of course. Uh, red cards with hom icons are discarded after the battle with each neighbor. Uh, but red cards without the hom cards will remain. So it's like a boot, temporary, well, I'll call it like what, a morale boost for your military. 
Um, and then after taking cards for the turn, if a player has enough resources to construct an available stage of their wonder, they must do so. It's no more waiting and deciding when you have to do it if you can do it. Um, so then you discard the resources used and receive a benefit specified by the wonder. And the five stages of the wonder must be constructed from bottom to top, which makes sense. Some designs will allow for some choice in the order of some of the stages. I th- and this is designed by Antoine Bauza, uh, I think, which explains some of these changes here. Um, as far as like his more recent board game experience is that he has been uh, working on. Uh, what do you think about these changes? I kind of really like the way this sounds like it's going to play. It is super interesting. And you mentioned, you know, is this a family game? And while you were reading all that, I apologize. I was looking at the website and all this good stuff to to learn more about it. Um, but it, it does, it is very, very much repost is really saying that this is a family game. Um, the kind of bullet points specifically say a game with simple rules and quick gameplay. Perfect for those new to board games. A new design for friends and fa- and family set in the Seven Wonders universe, um, which apparently is the most awarded game in the world, is what it says after that. Who knew? Um, set up and clean up, cleaned up easily thanks to different component trays. Like they really look like they're trying to push this as being um, a family style game. Uh, and looking at the rules, I totally see it as being that. Uh, the rules are very straightforward. What you do on every turn is is you pick a card. You just are picking one card. That's it. And then you just put that card in front of you and do whatever it says. That's all you do. You just pick a card. Uh, and that's kind of neat. That is really just a super quick, straightforward, on your turn, pick a card, put it in front of you, do what it says, next person's turn. Boom. Uh, it is kind of cool, though, because though they don't have drafting, the fact that when you're picking cards, you can pick um, the card from the top of the deck directly to your left, the one in the center, or the deck directly to your right. Yeah. So you still have like the side to side like that was always part of seven wonders where like what are the people next to you doing like that still matters but in a way that you don't have to be keeping track as in depth as you previously had to be for like the combat and all that good stuff so uh this sounds really interesting i didn't know if i was going to be super into it but i am right now like when i just read what this is doing and and the game is creating and kind of how you interact i'm liking it i'm really liking what they're doing with this and am um, interested now the big thing I will want to know is how does this actually play with two players? That's yeah. the thing I, I'm very interested <laughs> in. Um, there is a some very small changes for the two-player game. There are two-player game-specific ru- rules, but they are very minimal. Sure. Uh, so I, I would be curious, though, how this plays out. I think this would be kind of one of those four- to six-player probably sweet spot games, um, but very, very interested. Uh, how likely, Josh, do we know when this is coming out? November 5th. Ooh, so Fif- soon. 50 bucks on November 5th. $50, eh? Mm-hmm. I think mm. it gets a $10 price bump for the name and potentially shipping woes. I don't think that's too much. Uh, I think two to seven players is a pretty... I mean, like you said, the two-player thing will be interesting, but I don't mind paying that much for a seven-player game, if that makes sense. Oh, no, not at all. You know what I mean? Like... There's there's a lot of there's so few games that I have that have that player count that high. Usually yeah. games cap at six or five. So it's nice to have that option. Uh when you're like, oh, how many people are gonna be at the game that we're going to? Oh, uh 
seven, eight. Okay, great. So I look at my seven player games. So this would be one that would probably be a no brainer. Um, I think the bigger question would be, would I bring this or seven wonders? And that will be like the test. Yeah. And I think that'll be a lot be, uh, depending on who the crowd is though, I think it'd be interesting to, you know, play with your typical game group play this game and see kind of what they would think of it uh but it seems like a nice kind of component you have seven wonders duel which is perfect for two player you know then you kind of have the seven wonders architects which is that next little step up if you want to look at it that way or this intro step up um and then you know full-blown seven wonders if you want to go that route so uh it seems super interesting i'm actually far more interested in this than i thought i would be this might be a game i tried to uh get to the table on thanksgiving and see if it really is a family game yeah no that (laughs) yeah that's a that's a really good idea actually so man yeah see i gotta figure out where i can pre-order this at potentially Ooh, at this website uh you can pre-order it for 40 dollars oh nice yeah yeah retail is 50 so 40 40 is 50 Oh, well, we'll not talk about my pre-order habits right now, but we'll keep an eye on it and see what's going to happen there. So, Awesome. Anything about else about uh, Seven Wonders Architects, Josh? Uh, no. Um, I feel, well, I guess I feel like there's a lot of stuff that happened at Gen Con that really didn't hit our radar too good, and this one really just stuck around for me. So yeah, um, they did a good job in that aspect, at least. There. All right, Josh. So my final topic for you then. Uh, is hey, as is predicted, pretty constantly. Uh, there was a new Nintendo Direct last week, Josh. Yeah, and gamers around the world released an audible gasp of joy. People were excited. You know, now the speculation has already started about when the next Direct's going to be. And like oh. I said, we already know there's going to be some more stuff in October. Um, but hey, this Nintendo Direct happened. It was on Thursday afternoon or evening, depending on where you live. Uh, so to start with, Josh, did you watch this Direct? I did. I didn't get to watch it live because I was busy uh, working, but I did watch it uh, shortly after. Well, I caught, I got home in the middle of it, so I just rewound it back to the beginning gotcha. and started watching I it. I watched it uh, after the fact, probably about two hours later because I had an evening meeting for a, a, an organization that I'm in. But So I watched it a little bit later. Uh, what was your overall, Josh, general thoughts about the Direct? What what did you think in general about it? And then we'll talk about some specifics as we go. Well, once again, I find myself not aligning with the Nintendo fans, um, but I think in a different way this time. Uh, oh, okay. Tell me more. Tell me more. Uh, I didn't hate it. I, I thought there were definitely some, some uh, things that I was interested in, but I didn't, I guess... Do I want to say I didn't think it necessarily... No, that would be wrong. I don't want to say that. Uh, There's a lot of things I saw Nintendo fans excited for that make sense to me that just aren't games for me. Okay. Um, But there are definitely some things that that I did... Tell me that. What is the general sentiment of the Nintendo fan about this Direct, from your perspective? Oh, everyone hates the Mario movie. (laughs) That is true. Everyone does hate the Mario movie. That's like one of the main things I like. That's like one of the main things I liked about the the direct. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what people are expecting. This wasn't like a whole. I didn't see like the whole like what people were predicting for the PlayStation thing. I don't know that people thought this was like the giant Nintendo showcase. I just think people were like curious about what they were going to get, and they got some things I was surprised by, like. Splatoon 3. Yeah. 
which I'm not interested <laughs> in. <laughs> so, because was the general sentiment, were people excited? Did they think it was a good direct? Did people think it was a not great direct? Like, I've overall? seen both. I saw someone in our Discord say it was the worst direct they've seen. I saw someone in the Flux Supposed Discord saying it was the best direct they've seen all year. And I'm like, I don't even know where to yeah. land in between the two of these people. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because that's what I had seen too. It seemed that people were super, like I had seen the basically what you said, that some people were like, this was amazing. And other people would be like, this was completely worthless. And I was like, oh. Yeah, and I was right in the middle. Of course, once again, not not lined up with any Nintendo fan, period. <laughs> yeah, I, and I also kind of uh, fell in the middle there. So we'll kind of go through this stuff. There wasn't a, they showed quite a bit actually for the amount of time yeah. that the direct was. It was about 40 minutes. They did show quite a few things. Um, so we'll kind of b- brush through this pretty quickly. But if there's anything big that you want to talk about, Josh, sure. Um, please let's t- spend some time on it. First, they showed uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, yeah. uh, which is DLC for Monster Hunter Rise. It's coming out in the summer of 2022. Uh, any thoughts there, Josh? No, I mean it does. It still makes me want to play Monster Hunter that I bought on yep. the Xbox, and I just. I really feel like that's a game I need to play with someone to properly enjoy. Yeah, I agree. I, I've always wanted to play a Monster Hunter game. I own multiple of them and still have yeah. never played any of them. <laughs> uh, maybe someday. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, Mario Party Superstars. Hey, you know, uh, I had like this weird revelation when watching this. I'm like, my son likes board games. This seems like something easy enough, even if he doesn't win the mini games, that he'd be right. able to have fun. So I think I'm going to get it because I want to, we tried Mario Kart. He just couldn't really grasp the controls, even though he wanted to try it. I really feel like this might be something that my, the wife and I and my son can sit down with like and play one board before bedtime. Interesting that you had that revelation because as I was watching this for, I don't know why, like probably the first time I've ever, I was like, I bet my partner would really like playing Mario Party. Like, I don't know why I never thought yeah. of that before. Well, this seems to go back to the Mario Party games I remember being good because now all I can remember are bad Mario Party games. Always <laughs> never. And I mean, they probably aren't like objectively bad. They're just, mm-hmm. I was playing Mario Party on the N64 and the GameCube. And and we would have, and that was like in college and and it was like the best game ever and we would love playing that and then all of a sudden they tried to change the formula and it I, for me it never came back to what this seems like it's it's showing us i was watching a uh streamer on twitch they were doing like a, a little trivia show uh and apparently and i never heard about this and i should have looked it up so if this isn't true <laughs> listener i apologize i'm not trying to sp- spread misinformation but I, I don't feel like they would lie about this uh, apparently there was a lawsuit against Nintendo during because of the M the Mario Party for the N sixty four because so many people got hurt. Yeah, because of just the like how stick. like <laughs> trying to spin like the joystick really fast and like it, like all that so yeah. like people like got like hurt playing it so a whole bunch of people sued Nintendo apparently as a result of that. But I agree, like yes. I played a ton of that in college and that was amazing. <laughs> so much. I think we we broke multiple controllers. Yeah, of, the palms of, of your hands too. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, in the palms of your hands, just being absolutely shredded. Um, okay, uh, after that, then they went to and showed a card uh, game called Voice of yeah. Cards: The Island Dragon <laughs> Roars, a new card-based title by Square Enix, kind of a tabletop RPG, Square uh, card RPG. Uh, there's a demo on Switch. Actually, there's a demo on PlayStation as well. Maybe on Xbox. Yeah, you know. downloaded it. Yeah, I did download the, the demo on PlayStation. <laughs> I haven't played it yet, though. But I, I, 
it's like hey i was giving people a hard time about hating card things so i was like well i guess i should play a card thing then and i haven't played it yet but i do have it downloaded ready to play so yeah i know donnie from playing some video games is very excited for this one. Oh, okay cool <laughs> what are, are you excited for it uh I, you know me the more, the more uh card based games the better i think yeah, but no, cool. I mean, I don't know that I'll play it. <laughs> okay. uh, Disco Elysium then got a trailer um, coming to Switch. Yeah. Also, I think coming to Xbox relatively soon. Um, out on PlayStation and PC for a while. Uh, then we saw Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity Expansion Pass. Uh, wave 2 information there. Uh, Josh, any interest in more Hyrule Warriors? No. <laughs> cool. All right. Chocobo GP. Yeah. This is not the racing game we were all expecting or waiting for. <laughs> no. No, it is not. Uh, yeah, I don't think it looked that great. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I mean, it looked fine i wouldn't say it looked great by any means yeah, okay. it's fine uh, then we just got an update saying that hey we're gonna talk about the final uh dlc fighter for smash next month yeah that was like literally like what the update was so hard to believe that that game it came out in 2017 2018 whatever it was like i can't believe this game's been out for that long i mean yeah i mean smash brothers this is like they have so many characters in this roster now um but yeah, i remember how many we got like five dlc packs for the last super smash bros melee so um yeah let this guy get some rest psycho i need to retire <laughs> then we got a trailer for a game that had leaked ahead of time kirby and the forgotten land josh i need to desire to play some kirby well i think it leaked ahead of time but i don't know that anyone uh really knew the scope of what this game agreed, was gonna agreed. be <laughs> i think it was just basically like a picture in the title that was all yeah. that it was i mean really all this did to me was take a game that i was always questionable about and really cement into it that i'm not interested in <laughs> <laughs> okay josh is out on kirby in the forgotten land and this it seems very odd anytime i see kirby in what is like a quote-unquote like realistic setting yeah. it just feels weird to me so uh but that like i said that could just be me and actually i thought the game looked kind of fun it does look interesting I yeah yeah. Uh, yeah i don't know that i'm going to get it i kirby is one of those titles that i really i want to be interested i want to be into more than i am into yes. if that makes sense i yeah. am right with you uh animal crossing new horizons hey we're getting a direct for that in october and a whole bunch of content uh gonna go back to animal crossing anytime here soon here josh i mean if i was that tease didn't really make me want to do it it made me more angry about what the heck they were doing i was like well hey in october you'll find out more so there you go uh the game that keeps on giving animal crossing uh then we got an update some more (laughs) content coming to mario golf super rush josh are you big in yeah you know what this trailer did for me it reminded me i still haven't gone to games up and traded in my mario golf which i need to okay. do like this week <laughs> uh next we got a trailer for disney magical world 2 enchanted edition yeah did this did this do anything for you josh i mean i was curious because my son might like it but uh there's a few other games that are on the list for him gotcha. that way okay, before that makes this, sense so. that makes sense right. uh after that you know yeah nintendo didn't want to be outdone about having playstation having kotor at their uh last showcase so here we go star wars nice of the old republic coming to switch on november 11th a game <laughs> a game you can get on your phone <laughs> a game you can get on your pc and uh, now you can get on your switch um yeah i think it really would have been better for them to get this out before the really reveal of a full-on remake of this game But but that being said, this is still a game I believe everyone should play, and it looks perfectly bad enough to be on the Switch. (laughs) Now, let me be clear that I recognize this game is very old, (laughs) right? But, But this was definitely the game where this whole time, for the most part, 
I had been like, most of these games don't look that good. And then when they showed this game, which I know, I know it's an old game. I know it's old. But then it, this just kind of pushed me over the edge of being like, oh, goodness gracious. Things just don't run as well. There are certain games, especially Nintendo first party games, that look amazing on the Switch. But trying to port other games sometimes is not a uh, winning effort, um, it, it seems like. And I honestly, I think just seeing Dying yeah. Light 2 Cloud Edition, which they talked about, and Dying Light Platinum Edition, uh, I, I think to do to sum that up for me, that is, I know it's a handheld like hybrid whatever you want to look at it so comparing it to the quality of visuals that we get on the current generation of xbox and playstation is not fair i understand that but it's really really hard when you see trailers for those consoles and then see trailers for this handheld and not in your mind at least be like ooh. There is a there is a gulf here sometimes. Yeah, for sure. The way these, these I don't even know that work. Nintendo needed to put this on the Switch. Uh, it's not doing them any favors. It it's just not a game that holds up well. Period. No matter what you're playing it on, it is a game of the PS2 era, and those games do not hold up. And we saw that with the PlayStation Classic, and we see that with anyone trying to play GoldenEye these days. Uh, some this this pixel generation. Uh, not even Pixel, this whatever you want to call it generation. They, they just don't hold up like the NES games do or or even GameCube games do. It's just not not great. Uh, uh, and, and I can't... Like, Dying Light 2 Cloud version makes sense. I cannot imagine Dying Light Platinum Edition plays... I can't imagine that it plays well on yeah. the Switch. We'll have to see. I mean, I I, pre, I, I applaud the effort. Uh, there we go. I applaud them trying to do it. Uh, a game that does look really nice on the Switch, though. Uh, lot, lost the, th- the project part. Triangle Strategy, uh, I guess, is just what we're going through. So I, I guess moving forward, Project Octopath Traveler just became Octopath Traveler. Project Triangle Strategy is now just Triangle Strategy. Uh, what were your thoughts? Project Scorpio ended up being Xbox One X. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking specifically about Square total, Enix making total. games for Yeah, Nintendo, I know, I know. But... I'm just saying they probably should have just went with Scorpio. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, so yeah, Josh, uh, thoughts on this game? It definitely they, you know, they I what I appreciated about this trailer is they talked specifically about like, hey, we did the beta. Here is the feedback. Yeah. Here's exactly what yep. we changed. Which I really appreciated that they talked about that. They did that with Octopath Travel too. They did that beta and then yep. they took a lot of feedback. Um I guess what I'll say about this game is I'll say I still have Octopath Traveler uh, downloaded on my Xbox because I really want to play that game, mm-hmm. and I feel like I missed out when it was on the Switch. Um, so I'm not writing this game off, but I really would like to play Octopath Traveler first. Gotcha. All right. Uh, next, then, we saw uh, a highly anticipated game coming out this October, uh, Metroid Dread. What are your thoughts there, sir? I mean, they're trying to sell me on it. It's just not working. Uh, it's not okay. the Metroid. It it just looks. I love Metroid and Super Metroid. Those games like helped define my childhood in console gaming. This game keeps reminding me of like how they tried to redo Contra, how they tried to redo Bionic Commando, how they tried to redo Double Dragon with like different graphics. I really hope that it's good for the people who are excited for it. But it's just it's or like the Shadow Conspiracy remaster on the Xbox, like it just doesn't. It's not doing gotcha. it for me. Yeah, I uh, I know there are some people who are super excited about this game. Part of me really wants to try it, um, but we'll see what happens. Just because there are 
other games that are a higher priority for me to play. Um, and many, many games that I'm playing right now that I want to finish that I don't know how that's going to happen either. So uh, after that was a kind of an interesting little sidestep for a second here where they talked about Nintendo Switch Online is going to be getting Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games, but it is a add-on to your Nintendo Switch Online membership. So you'll have to be, I'm assuming, paying a little extra, but they didn't tell us how much uh, in order to have access to these. And you can get a Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis controllers for Switch Online, yeah, uh, for fifty bucks a pop, Josh. But they're wireless. But they're wireless. Well, so is my DualSense, and it's seventy. Does it have a C so... stick in the middle of it? No, okay, it's not. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> but uh, what were your thoughts on Nintendo Switch Online? Uh, will you play, pay some extra uh, to play some N sixty four and Sega Genesis games? Well, and will you buy these controllers? The nice thing about Nintendo Switch Online is the amount of people you can have in a family plan and how cheap it is compared to other online plans. So, I mean, if we look past their voice chat problems, which they probably should address before they start trying to charge people extra money, um, I would happily pay more, and that's more than zero, I would happily help pay for (laughs) my family plan to increase us, I think, I mean, I, I tried to pay for it, but it's just not accepted, which is fine. Like, I appreciate that. Uh, I would have been more excited about this if I didn't have a Genesis Mini, because mm-hmm. I already have, I think, every game they showcased uh, oh, on yeah. the Genesis Mini, because it's not it's not a stock Genesis Mini. It's modded. Uh, but <laughs> Rule breaker. I know. Uh, but uh, that being said... I think it's great for people who don't have that, who didn't buy that. Uh, it's really, That was a surprise to me that they added the Sega games, which is very cool. Uh, the yeah. Nintendo 64 part, I'm very excited to replay F-Zero, six, Super F-Zero, whatever it was called, F-Zero X. Um, and they showed a couple other games that I haven't played in ages that I'm r- yeah. really looking forward to playing that aren't going, that will probably age well versus the Golden Eyes. Okay. Uh, like Mario Party, Mario Kart, um, F-Zero. Those games will age well, I think. Uh, so I'm excited to play those, especially now that it has like online cooperative uh, options. So playing Mario Kart 64 is going to be awesome with friends uh, in concept, in theory. Uh, so I, I'm excited that they're offering it. I, I'm really curious to see how much more they're going to charge is really what it comes down to. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do there, too. Uh, are you going to order either of these controllers? No, but I love the idea of it. I love that they did make... Uh, uh, the N64 controller seems like a much better value than the Genesis controller <laughs> for that price point. Um, but it's nice that they have that those options for the people and especially the collectors. So I, yeah. I like that they're available. They should they could be $10 cheaper. Yeah. Uh, next time they show the Shadowrun trilogy, any excitement there? Uh, I'm excited for people to be excited. I I think the Shadowrun games are great. Cool. Uh, Castlevania Advanced Collection. Yeah, I mean, cool. <laughs> That's pretty much how I feel about it too. Yeah. Uh, ActRaiser Renaissance. I was a really big fan of ActRaiser, so I'm excited to see what this game is. Some things look different in the trailer than the game I remember playing. Uh, Delta Rune Chapter Two. Yeah, I mean, I love uh, what I know of Undertale. I watched a few playthroughs of it, so I'm curious to see 
how crazy chapter two is. I, I hear you there. Uh, and then, as you said, you know, kind of the biggest news of the night. Yeah. Super Mario movie voice cast announced Chris Pratt, Mario, Jack Black, Bowser, Charlie Day, Luigi, other things that I can't remember. Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach. There you go. Uh, uh, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Yes. Because Super Mario. What's his name from Portlandia as Cranky Kong? Armisen? Yeah. Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. But uh, overall, I mean, do you think this is a good voice cast? What are your thoughts on it overall? Yes. Now, I get I get why people are mad. Uh, well, I get why people... I People are mad. They're like, why couldn't they, they just show that the guy who does Mario is going to be in it, but he's not Mario. Right. He doesn't... He is Mario, but Mario doesn't put together sentences in the Mario games. He says... It's a me, Mario. You're not hiring him to read dialogue <laughs> and act. So I understand that people don't get how voice acting works. <laughs> because right. just because he voices Mario doesn't necessarily mean he's a good voice actor. And I have emphasizing actor. And that's why that doesn't happen sometimes in animated movies. Yeah. Do you think that, you know, so Chris Pratt has a type of of character he tends to play in movies right he's the quippy kind of character do you think that fits for mario like the the style of movie that you typically see chris pratt or the characters you typically see chris pratt playing is that how you envision mario i mean it depends on who's writing the movie if they're like hey this is a lord miller movie I'm like yeah that makes sense to have him like be this Mario, like Jack Black as Bowser. That does that means it's not going to be a toned down Mario movie. It's going to be over the top, and Bowser's probably going to sing at some point. Like that. That's kind of like obviously Miyamoto is very involved in this. So it's he created. You know, he created Mario. He's going to have say on what happens in this movie. But I'll, like so. I get, it could it could make I mean Chris Pratt as Mario makes just as much sense as Charlie Day as Luigi. So okay. I'm sure they'll make it work. It probably won't be what everyone wants, but neither was the Angry Birds movie. They're in it to make billion dollars, not to please Nintendo fans. Like they're going to make a billion dollars in Japan and China on this movie alone. <laughs> so, uh it is a I don't want to say bad the like directors and stuff attached are not super prolific. They're not bad. Who's um, writing it? Oh, uh, it's being written by um, Matt Fogel. I feel like the guy who did the second Lego Movie. Okay, so they got yeah, they got the Lego Movie people. The the second one. Well, the Lego <laughs> Movie Two people. To be clear, Lego Movie Two wasn't bad. They also did Minions. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad. Oh, he wrote, he composed The Wire, the musical. (laughs) (laughs) So, and, you know, now that I think about it, um, was, yeah. So I guess, you know, having written Lego Movie 2, that Chris Pratt was also in, I guess, right? So might know the tone there appropriately, I guess, possibly. So... Maybe that makes sense. I I honestly really don't care. I think it's fine. I would rather just see what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Uh, I, Jack Black as Bowser to me is the thing I'm actually most excited about because I feel like that's a yeah, I think a that's interesting, great. fun fit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that actually is where I am more okay willing to look over other things. I think Jack Black as Bowser is fun. So 
but cool uh after that then just a couple of games to kind of finish things out here uh splatoon 3 which josh you said you are not uh super stoked about uh, it's not that i'm not i played splatoon 2 um mm-hmm. because people were playing it but here's it's just another one of those games where when nobody's playing it that you know it's no fun it's true funny. i can understand that for sure uh i i really liked splatoon 2 i didn't play it for all that long but the, when i played it i enjoyed it and i agree playing it with people is way 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 more fun um when i went in and played by myself i definitely didn't have as yeah. good of a time uh as i do in other like multiplayer focused games that i can go play by myself just didn't have as much fun with splatoon 2 but still would definitely play Spl- splatoon 3 why am i having such a hard time saying that goodness <laughs> gracious um and then finally to you know close the show uh we got our first real look at bayonetta 3 yeah um coming from platinum and exclusively to switch uh we saw something that did not look like bayonetta at the beginning I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it looked more like astral chain um and then it looked a little more like bayonetta and then it was like kaiju bayonetta and yeah josh what were your thoughts on bayonetta 3 I've, it's a series i've never played but i know everyone's been waiting for this so good <laughs> Yeah, apparently in reading something, uh, it, it sounds like that these uh, kaiju-esque yeah. battles um, were something that was lifted from Scalebound. Oh, no. Yeah, that there. this was <laughs> like that was a thing in Scalebound uh, that obviously was being developed by Platinum yeah. before it got canceled. Um, and that it seems like that has now been incorporated into Bayonetta 3. So I guess if you were a Scalebound, at least that's what I'm reading online. So if uh, you were a Scalebound fan and, and wanted that game to come out, it uh, looks like you your closest bet is going to be playing Bayonetta 3. There you go. <laughs> so I am a big Bayonetta fan. I really love, love, love the first game a lot. Second game, I, I think, is also pretty good. Um, so I was excited for this game. I will say I am cautiously optimistic, I will say. There were the original part of this trailer, the beginning of this trailer, I did not love. Um, and it, it got interesting. Like the whole kaiju thing being very different and a unique spin on the game uh, was something that I was like, okay, I uh, could potentially be along for this. I, I like where this thing is going and that they're kind of taking a big swing and going for it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the initial stuff they were showing, I, I was not super keen on, but uh, well, I'll give it time. They have time. Um, I'm not going to say no to it for now, but uh, I am going to not be, this did not be like, woo, I'm so excited, right? Like, Having this game be so anticipated, I was not left absolutely amped after the trailer. Um, but I also wasn't completely turned off. So I think they have a little bit of work to do to um, for sure make me be like, I'm in on this game. But uh, I'm not completely no on the game, which I know, you know, not a win, not a loss as far as that goes. So awesome. Anything else about uh, the Direct, Josh? Any other thoughts on anything Nintendo showed or kind of what you're hoping to see from them kind of moving forward? Uh, no, not really. I would just say like, uh, I, I, whether I come out wanting or not wanting any of the games, I, I still do consistently think Nintendo does this best. And I always look forward to watching a Nintendo direct. So, so the more the merrier. I agree. I am someone who, um, I, I feel, no matter how much I feel like I'm just not much of a Nintendo gamer anymore, I really enjoy watching directs. I, I, I think they do a nice job of keeping you up to date with what's going on. And honestly, like even though I rib them a little bit for talking about like, hey, here's when you're going to get updates about you know Animal Crossing and here's when you're going to get updates about Smash, I appreciate that they're willing to do those deep dives and be like, hey, here's what they're going to be. If you want to pr- join us, awesome. Just know that this is what we're going to talk about. If you want to come join us, we'd love to have you. If not, you can get yeah. you can read a brief synopsis after the fact. You know, I, I do enjoy that they do that. So 
All right. Well, with that, then we're going to move on to our homework updates. Obviously, every two weeks, we give one another homework, report back on how things have gone, and assign some new homework. Uh, two weeks ago, Josh was assigned to play some board games he's never played before. Now, you may remember, listener, uh, Josh then went on vacation and played a whole boatload of board games. <laughs> so, uh, Josh, do you feel confident in uh, having successfully completed this assignment? Yeah, I think I definitely did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely did. You had an A+. Plus. Nice job. Thanks. And then I was assigned that I need to play Dodgeball Academia, which I have played for about 90 minutes to two hours. So I feel like I've completed this assignment, but I am it. going to keep playing it, and which is exactly what happened to you is you decided to keep playing it. Yeah. So <laughs> um, awesome. Josh, uh, do you have thoughts? Do you know what my next assignment is going to be? I have thoughts. Do you want me to, to ask? Well, I got to ask you a question first. Okay. Do you own... Marvel Legendary? Yes. Your assignment is to play it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I want you to dust it off and I want it will I want, be dusting I off. I actually have more to that. I want you to play it and decide if it's something that you think that you either want to play more of or if you have moved past Marvel Legendary. Cuz I know you talked about running out of shelf space. And maybe having to build more shelves. I want you to play it. Yeah, no, that's good. I think uh, I want. I want to know if you think you should play more of it. If you want to hold on to it, or you think that this is something that can move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have that jotted down. Sorry if you heard the typing, listener. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to play some Marvel Legendary. I'm sure the partners going to be thrilled about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so cool. Uh, Josh, would you like to know your assignment? I would. Now, I'm trying to be cognizant of everything that we have going on, but um, I, I think this will be fun. Uh, your responsibility, you can do it on Switch or PlayStation, whatever you want to yeah. do. Uh, you need to play the demo for Voice of Cards to Island Dragon's Roar. Oh, no. Okay. All right. So that is your assignment. Okay. Why, why are you laughing at that, Josh? It, internally, just because when I saw you download it, I, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> this game. So that is your cool. assignment. Josh is going to play... Voice of Cards, the Isle Dragon Roars. Will Whew. do. That's a name. All right, with that, we're going to move on to listener questions. We do have a couple of them this week. Josh, why don't you take it away? We do. Well, our friend of the show, Mr. William Herkovitz himself, uh, sent us a tweet at Herkovitz. That's H-E-R-K-E-W-I-T-Z. He says, I last played Skyrim in 2017 and beat maybe 90% plus of the side quests? Could this upcoming anniversary edition at all be worth it for me? Also, important listener question, where is my email response? <laughs> to which I immediately emailed him back. I couldn't believe I didn't email him After back. After giving him a hard time about not responding. The last time, I gave him a hard time about it. But I was just concerned about him being alive, not <laughs> that he wasn't responding to my emails. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, so. 2017 in Skyrim years is relatively recent. Yeah, that's true. So I can't imagine a revisit to the anniversary edition would be worth it to William unless he like lost his save from the 2017 one. Like you should just pick up the one you didn't complete and then finish that. Well, I'm actually going to go back on what I said. I think in Skyrim time, 20, since 2017 is like forever. Like Skyrim has probably come out on like in like six different formats since then. It's probably playable. Well, I'm just saying it's probably playable on like refrigerators and Teslas. Like you know, like 
so much has happened in the world of Skyrim since then that is it's just available in so many places uh, that you know you got to catch them all, right? It's just like Pokemon. You got to have every version of Skyrim. No, if, if, it's it's opposite. No, of you got to have every version. There's swords. <laughs> it's medieval. There's blood. Have every version of Skyrim. <laughs> uh, may, I think I own Skyrim on. Yeah, I have it on. I think every platform that I own, and I don't think I've ever played more than like two hours. Well, he has to be there at least. <laughs> yeah, I know he has to be crushed there. Uh, so maybe William, what we'll do is if you decide to pick it up, maybe I will jump back in and see if I can actually get through like longer than two hours of Skyrim. And I won't because do that. <laughs> did you, have you played Skyrim, Josh? Yes. Yeah, I just, I don't know what it is. I just I can't get into it. Yeah, it, uh, I have the same problem with Skyrim as I do with Fallout games. Over encumberment, I can't not pick things up. What if I need them? That's later? true. You might. You never know. You never know. <laughs> I tried to kill a chicken, and an entire village killed me. That was when I quit Skyrim. Yeah, but I do believe though. The anniversary edition really is just upgraded visuals right. and all that good stuff. Like they're not adding any additional content. It's just making it all look prettier and fancier. So it probably isn't going to be really helpful for you, William. But like I said, if you want to, no, buy a different game. Get oh, a different game, William. There's plenty of other games out there for you. Try something new. Get Muppet Babies sing a whole <laughs> song about it. Take our advice from the Muppet Babies. Because Kermit won't eat blueberry pancakes. So they're blueberry pancakes. That's a Halloween song. Very appropriate for October. I was going to sing it, but you don't want to hear me sing. Our next question is from Donnie on our Twitter at Eat the Hype. Uh, at Eat the Hype. Yeah, at Eat the Hype and also Eat the Hype on Discord. Uh, uh, so I was sharing some screenshots of Diablo 2 on the Xbox and Donnie uh, says, big question for the new show as a casual Diablo player who's only really played 3 and on the Switch. Can I jump in and play and enjoy the story uh, much of the same way I remember? Or does the game show its age with quality of life things that maybe I took for granted with 3? Well, the first thing I would say is Diablo 3 is runs great on Switch. So you're not really missing out on playing it on the Switch. Uh, obviously, it handles better on the Xbox. But, you know, <laughs> that's like apples and oranges at this point. Uh, but I think Donnie kind of nailed it in his question where he says, um, does the game show its age with quality of life, things that he may have taken granted for in 3? Uh, yes. In fact, Diablo 3 really streamlines and makes the game easier for people. Diablo 2 is a hard game. Um, and it has always been a hard game. And it has all, all different ways of being hard. Diablo 3 really, uh, unless you're playing hardcore on Diablo 3, they really streamlined uh, more of like a torchlight approach to the Diablo game where they tried to, they kept the story solid, but it was not, it was never as hard as Diablo 1 or 2, in my opinion. Um, so if you want a little bit more of a challenge than you had in Diablo 3, assuming you didn't create a hardcore character which is, uh, uh, you know, once you're dead, you're dead. Uh, then Diablo 2 could be for you, but uh, it really is a big, giant slice of nostalgia pie, if you will. The menus are archaic. They're tough. The inventory system is not intuitive. It is a pain in the butt, to be quite frank, uh, with you. And... Uh, it's not it's not as easy to play as Diablo 3. You can't just go to town 
like in Diablo 3, you actually have to find scrolls of town portal and they're not very frequent, like easy to find. And you have to find scrolls of identify to identify these items that take up huge chunks of your inventory. Uh, the level up system is totally different from Diablo 3. Um, so I would say like technologically, it's a huge step back um, from Diablo 3, but maybe it'll make you appreciate Diablo 3 more uh, or Diablo 2, but it still looks very good. It controls very good. Um, and I mean, it probably has the best story out of all the Diablo games. So uh, that being said, I mean, uh, maybe just watch a YouTube video of the new cinematics. <laughs> Uh, because it might not be for you. Like it, it'll be tough to go from Diablo three back to this, unless you played it like I did, um, in 1998. <laughs> That's honestly the big reason I am not sure that I will jump in because I really enjoyed Diablo three, and I don't know. I dabbled in Diablo two, but didn't play a ton of it. And I just don't know that I I can go back to yeah what that was there's a nice appeal of eight player co-op true that's um, true um that's crazy to me to have that many people on the screen uh but even the appeal of having two to four players being able to play i know you can do that with diablo 3 but um uh, i still like the idea that that people can play as well all right with that then thank you so much for sending in questions and comments obviously you can hit us up at board of vg on twitter or email us at board of vg at gmail.com or Hit us up in the Discord if you'd like to be featured on the show. With that, we're going to move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to leave you with one other thing we're currently into that is helping us uh, live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? Okay, so uh, speaking of cheating and dishonesty, I started watching this last night, and I said, I knew, I know, I knew what this was, but I said to my wife, hey, Come watch this first episode of this show that I have not, I have no idea about. That's um, I've just mean, heard good Josh. things about it. Uh, well, listen. So uh, we sat down and we watched Midnight Mass, which I think it's Mike Flanagan, uh, and I, I might be saying his name wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Mike Flanagan yep, right. who did um, uh, Hunting a Fail House and Hunting a Blind Manor. Uh, it stars a lot of people, but coming back from Hunting a Blind Manor is Rahul. Coley, who I really like. There's also an iZombie, which I didn't see. Um, but I think he's a very uh, funny and uh, person and great actor. Uh, we started watching the first episode, and I will say uh, there weren't really any horror vibes, and my wife liked the first episode. So then we watched another one. And then she started getting suspicious. Uh, but didn't land on horror yet. So then we watched the third one and she's got to getting more suspicious, but I still think she did go to bed saying, but this is horror, <laughs> but I like it. And she liked it. Um, and I can't get her to watch walking dead. Uh, so it was nice to see. Um, so it's called midnight mass. It's on Netflix. It's by Mike Flanagan. It is, um, a story. Well, I don't really want to say too much about it. It not like the story. The show takes place mostly so far in an island of like 124 people. That is kind of uh, definitely has like Stephen Kingy 
New England vibes to it. It's not New England, but it has those vibes um, where it's like this island that used to be a fishing island that a lot of people lived on. There was um, this diesel spill that really ran a lot of people out and and uh, it's also happens to be a quasi semi very religious island um and you kind it kind of explores some themes of religion and other themes but also something weird is going on uh and that is explored throughout the episodes uh i think it is incredibly well shot it is very um uh, gorgeous to look at not not just gorgeous it's just very captivating to watch um you can tell a lot has gone into the decisions of what they're shooting and how they're shooting certain angles and that's me being like a cinematography nerd on that on that part the acting is incredible it reminds me of if you've seen the mist how and i don't mean that it reminds me of the mist per se but it reminds me of the characters from The Mist, where they're so well-written that you either immediately love or hate somebody right away because the acting and the writing is so well done for those characters uh, that it was just really uh, intriguing to watch. And I wouldn't even argue, I wouldn't even say that too much happens right away, at least in the first two episodes, but I was still captivated the whole time. I really enjoyed what I was watching. And it does get a little spookier in the third and fourth and fifth episodes. Yeah, I was going to say, because I've only watched most of the first episode, and it is uh, a lot of tone setting. Yes, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. I, you're right. I don't know that I would be like, oh, this is going to be like horror. Like you're like sure. dark drama, maybe. You know, like that's kind of like where you're feeling yep. um, in the in the first episode, at least from what I've seen so far. But I'm enjoying it. And I don't even like horror. It so. might not even reach hard, to be honest with you. I I can't. T- I can tell you that I haven't. There are definitely have been some horror tropes, like hints yeah. at horror, but I there ha- I have not seen. Yeah. I was trying to decide between watching that and Squid Game. Those were the two. I, I watched the between. first episode of Squid Game, and it's very good. And it will probably be my recommendation for next week. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh, uh, goodness. Anything else then, Josh, about Midnight Mass? Uh, check it out. And, I mean, we're heading into October. If you haven't watched Haunting of Hill House or Haunting of Bly Manor, uh, it's, it's the perfect time to do that. Both are on Netflix. Awesome. Uh, my recommendation this week is also uh, on Netflix. I'm going to do two recommendations just because I can. Uh, first is that the Great, Great British Bake Off is back. So every Friday in the U.S. at least, um, we are getting the new weekly episode that aired like on Tuesday or whatever it would be in England. Um, I realized how many people I follow like on social media who are in like England this week. I was like, goodness gracious. <laughs> like I need to like mute some words on social media because goodness wow okay uh but yeah so the great british bake-off is back if you've never watched it i encourage you to there's a ton of seasons on netflix it is just the most chill wholesome awesome like competition show you can possibly imagine i'm sure you're well aware of it because it's kind of a sensation but it's great and if you've never watched it i encourage it even if you're not into baking or cooking it's still pretty wonderful uh and with that also there is a new docu-series on amazon prime uh, called Lula Rich. It is about Lula Row, uh, the clothing company that was in that or that is a multi-level marketing company, uh, kind of in their rise of success and then kind of where they're at today and all the stuff related to that. So uh, it's pretty interesting. They actually have 
It's only four episodes, about an hour each. Um, and they actually have pretty lengthy interviews with the founders of LuLaRoe, which you don't typically see for shows like this. And I really wonder, I was like, do they know what this is going to be about? Because I feel like they don't. <laughs> but they're in it a whole bunch. So just know if you want to, even if like, uh, I had a whole bunch of people being like, why are you watching this? Like, were you, did you like, because LuLaRoe clothes were not for men, but it's still just a really interesting look at um, a business, how that business was founded, kind of the angle they took on it. Um, and really um, how they very, were very purposeful. Um, and targeting the folks that they did to uh, become part of the business. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, Lula Rich is on Amazon Prime. Check it out. So, Josh, you know how we talked about, you know, these shows were going to be shorter and shorter with the change of format. We did. I guess that's just not true. <laughs> I guess that's just not true. So how about we wrap this show up this week, Josh? Sounds good. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board of the Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board of the Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithfiji, so f- please use that hashtag as well on all social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed you can find me on xbox live playstation network steam all the places at why so serious it's s-i-r-r-i-u-s let's be steam friends let's play gloomhaven kyle where can people find you so you can find me on all the usual places twitter instagram playstation network xbox live board game geek all at psychocross c-y-c-o-c-r-o-s-s as always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.